0: And welcome to the world according to Jackie Simmons. Where in the world are you today? We are in the world of D. Bowden today. So in just a second, you're gonna get a chance to get to know, like, and trust my friend D. because we're gonna talk about the one thing that you want to talk about, and most people don't, which is, where's the money? You know, they had that whole commercial thing of where's the beef back in the day, now it's all about where's the money so if you're a small business owner listen up because d's got a sweet spot for your revenue here we go all right d come on and bring yourself up and open up your microphone
1: how are you good evening everybody as i like to say good evening good morning good afternoon wherever this is fabulous five podcast around the world i am d bowden Th- jackie thank you so much for having me on the show tonight i can't wait to get into the conversation about. Where's your money? As I like to say, collect the cash and let's get into all things small business. So first of all, thank you so much for this. Love the blue on you. I love the fact that we're color coordinated. (laughs) We're looking fabulous in this blue. We're about to have some fun and uh, let's go. Let's do it.
0: All right, let's do it. So the first step is bring us a little bit more into the world. According to Dee Bowen, we know Dee Bowen that you are all about collecting the cash, but how did you get into this whole money
1: puzzle? That's a great question. So, if it's okay with you, I'm gonna. T- usually tell a story, so that I'm gonna I'm tell a story. That's how we. That's how. That's how we get the party started. So, about 15 years ago, I used to work for a small IT firm outside of Boston, where I'm from. They had eight million dollars worth of sales on the books, but not in the bank. I know it's like what? Seriously, eight million dollars worth of sales. So they were an IT firm, so they sold computers, software licenses, all things IT. I was hired as a part-time collector. I had basically I worked Monday through Friday from like four to eight. So. The collections manager says, Hey D, welcome aboard. I'm like, oh, great. So they give me my list of accounts. And I'm like, Y'all have eight million dollars in AR. It's outstanding. I thought it was a joke. They're like, no, it's not no joke. So I haven't been a believer. So I said a short prayer. I kind of went like this. Hey God, yes, D, I need some help. I need some wisdom here because I don't know what to do with eight million dollars. I don't know how you do that. And he was like, okay, let's let me give you chop a couple of a couple of nuggets on you. I got quiet. And then I re- this is how I got into this, because I realized that collections is two things. It's problem solving, number one, and it's an extension of customer service. And it's also this. Most people, when they hear collections, they cringe because they think of the IRS, medical bills, credit cards, car repossessions. That's not the kind of party because there's two kinds of collections. There's consumer collections, which 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 I just described, and then there's commercial or business collections, which is what I'm in. I'm in the business to business, business to corporation, business to government lane. So two types. There's consumer and then there's commercial. I'm on the commercial side. I'm not calling to harass you. I'm not trying to take anything away from you. I'm actually trying to get money to you. So back to the story. I get hired Monday through Friday, part-time collector, $8 million worth of sales on the books, not in the bank. I say my prayer, I get to work. And that's when I discovered that $8 million was a huge money puzzle. I'm like, because how do you do that much money in sales and not follow it all the way through to make sure the money's in the bank? So I'm like, okay, get to work, get on the phones, build relationships, get to, get to really untangle what I see is our problem. So basically I collect $6 million in 60 days while working part-time. Now, most people are like, whoa, that's a lot of money. It is, but here's where the story gets really interesting. So on October 24th and 5th, I always get the dates mixed up, but anyway, the CEO of the small company, we're talking, when I say small, but to small business owners, we're talking less than 100 people. We all come downstairs and he says, listen, we need to have a chat. Now, I kind of say at this point, if you have a boo or a boo at, when he or she says to you, listen, we need to talk to you, like, Mm-mm, I don't want to talk to you today. I don't want to hear this. You're <laughs> like, oh, man. So we get downstairs and we're like, all of us looking around each other going, what's going on? Because, you, know, you know, we just collected all this money. So we're thinking we're getting a bonus. He's like, nope. He says, listen, we've made an executive decision and we are closing the company. And you've got 30 minutes to go get your stuff and leave the building. This is two months. Before Christmas, now after I picked myself off the floor, I'm like, "How did that happen?" And I—that's kind of how I got into this because I realized number one, there were there were a lot more factors I will never know because I was only a part-time collector. But as a as a business owner now, I'm looking at how did you have that much money on the books but it wasn't in the bank? How was it that you had that many sales that went through went through the process? You ordered computers and software licenses and all these things. You had contracts and order entry. you build but you neglected the last lane which is my lane collections how do you not collect that much money how do you not how do you let that much money sit uncollected how do you not ask the questions about how come we haven't gotten paid and so i talked about as jackie so eloquently said i solved the money puzzle for small businesses i began to see collections as problem solving and i saw a puzzle and i'm like okay there were these departments that didn't talk. So sales did their thing and collections did their thing, but never the two met. And I was like, Oh, that's part of the problem because you don't talk. And then because if you don't talk, if you don't, if you don't the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing, you just, you never know. So of course you're doing your sale. You're thinking, Oh, we're great. But you don't follow it all the way through to make sure that the sale is complete and the money's in the bank. So that's how I got into this. And then I realized that number one, I love to solve problems. It's always been like that i as far back as I can remember. I've always been focused on solving problems. Oh, and, you know, I get used to get in trouble as a little kid. You ask so many questions. Well, that's how you solve problems. If you think about it, everything that we ever everything that we have in life is because somebody thought about it and they asked some questions because they were trying to solve a problem. and Then they created something brilliant. How do you think we got here today? How do you think we got here today? Everything we're enjoying, we're we're sitting here streaming live around the world, but somebody had to figure out how to create the internet, somebody had to figure out how to create Zoom, somebody had to figure out how to create Facebook, somebody had to figure out the cameras, the lights, the microphone, and then to put us together, they have this conversation. It's all about problem solving. And I so anyway, so so what I used to get in trouble for as a little kid, now I don't get in trouble for anymore, because now I ask great questions, and then I bring you back good results in terms of collecting money.
0: All right. Now, I'm gonna have you slow down and say that last sentence again so that I can hear it because my ears are older than your mouth apparently. <laughs> I am not able to hear as fast as you're able to talk. What did you just say that last I, sentence?
1: I said that I, what I used to get in trouble for and with asking all the questions, I said I don't get in trouble for anymore because now I'm solving problems and collecting the cash.
0: Ah, it's all about the cash. Anyone who thinks money is not important has not tried to live without it. It's just like someone who says air is not important. That's because they haven't tried to live without it. You know, it becomes increasingly important the less there is of it. Right. And sometimes if you're really smart, it becomes increasingly important the more there is of it. And in the case of your case study, yeah, you know, boy, what what a way to get started. Yeah so what was your next gig i mean from that first gig i would think you might have had some uh, emotional resistance to staying in collections
1: oh definitely because after i picked myself off the floor and i'm like what am i gonna do this is two months before christmas so like anybody else who's ever had a job and then lost it you know my first my first nerves are like oh crap or some other choice words i'm I gonna pay my bills i mean let's, let's just keep it 100 i'm like okay so I figured out that number one, although I, you know, although I, my job was, was, a, was a part-time collector, I realized that there are always companies that need, that need more collections. So I basically had to, you know, re- recoup from this loss and then get back and decide to do it again. So my, my next gig was actually working for a wireless communications company. And so I got hired again to do, this, do the same thing on larger accounts and more money, et cetera. And then I realized that th- there are always gonna be companies that, that need help that need help or need assistance with recovering money but i decided that i wanted to not just do this you know as a as a profession but i also wanted to create a business to talk to and teach small small and medium-sized companies why collecting the cash is so important and i discovered that number one collections for a lot of people it's, it's one of those things you're like you get, you get like this you kind of almost not quite the heebie-jeebies but you get like i'm not i don't want to do this it's like no don't make me do this <laughs> and i'm like i got it but here's the thing if you're in business if you have customers, let me, let me start, start, start this way. If you have customers, you had to do a sales presentation for them to, to hire you. You know what? It's probably better if I use this. I think, Jackie, you and I talked about this. We talked about the cell phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the cell phone. So anybody who's listening under the sound of my voice, you, unless you're under a rock, you got a cell phone, whether you're team Android, team iPhone, somebody, somebody sold you a phone. You said yes, and you have the phone. How do I know that? Because you walked out of the store, or it got shipped to your house. That's number one. Number two, you have a contract with the cell phone company. How do I know this? Because you get a bill from them every single month that outlines your phone, your your terms, your terms and conditions, the the the, the length of length of um, service, whatever you know, whatever gigs you have. And then if you bought the phone outright, or if you're like most of us, old school, you're still paying, you know, making payments. Doesn't matter. You still have a phone. You got a bill. Then order entry happened because when you went to pay for the phone, you went up to the register and you swip, they swiped your credit card or debit card and you wait for these two magical words that say transaction approved. You're kind of going like this for a little bit because you you know your money might be a little short. You're like man, I pray this goes through real quick because I need this phone. So you do that. So you have a sale, you have a contract, you have an order entry, that you have the invoice. The company invoices you they'll bill you every single month. How do I know that? Because you would not still have this phone if you you didn't get billed. And then my lane collections, you pay it. Or as Jackie knows, I got the day I say at the end of all of that, they got this magic button that says services temporarily disconnected if you don't pay your invoices. And that's why I am in business is to make sure that you don't have your services disconnected because you didn't collect the cash for the products or the services that you've already provided And in good faith, you should have gotten paid for, but because you're not real comfortable with asking for the money, you're like, I don't want to mess with the relationship. But if you don't get the money, you're not going to have a relationship and you're not going to have business either.
0: All right. Beautiful analogy. I'm going to break this down, spin it around, and bring it into my language and say, wouldn't it be nice as a small business owner to have a button that says, Services temporarily suspended when people don't pay their bills? Yeah, and most people, let's face it, the vast majority of people pay for the services and the products that they buy, that they contract for. The very large proportion do. And it is the small number who don't that can create a tangled nightmare for a small business owner. How do you handle that? I mean, back in the day, And for me, back in the day, was working with buy here, pay here, used car sales. (laughs) The old school car dealers said the fastest way to get back on your feet, miss your second car payment. Mm -hmm. Because they had the button. I mean, they, they emotionally had no attachment to the people they sold to, and they just went and picked up people's cars. They got them back on their feet, literally after they missed the second car payment now the new school which started coming in a little over a decade ago is that you renegotiate the loan you work with someone to make it possible for them to continue to have the vehicle and you just rework the paper now for some small businesses that is a problem because their cash flow doesn't have enough margin in it to be delayed right so what can someone do as a small business owner to be able to either install the magic button or or to prevent needing the magic button? Take us down that path so that we can help some people keep their profits.
1: Well, number one, I, I recommend this. If you have, if you have first of all, if you have a contract for product or services, I'll give simple simple example. I ordered 10 sneakers from you. You only gave me eight. I'm not paying you for 10 sneakers. I only have eight, you still owe me two sneakers. So you need to, you need, I need you to fulfill my order and get me my two sneakers so I'm whole. I ordered 10, I only have eight, I need my two. That's number one, you have to look at your contract and make sure that you have fulfilled everything that's in your contract. Number two, old school relationships. It's funny, people are like, that seems so odd. But here's the thing, Businesses is all, business is all about relationships. There are times when if you're a small business, if you, have, if, you, if, you have, if you have provided excellent, what I believe is provided excellent service, there is nothing wrong with getting on the phone and calling your customer and asking to speak to the accounts payable person and say, listen, I need to find out the state of my invoices and find out what's going on in terms of payment. They may tell you, listen, I don't, and, and if this, this happens, they may tell you, I cannot pay you the full $10,000 for your invoice this month because I'm waiting on a payment from somebody else. But what you can do is you can say, okay, I, I understand that. Can we negotiate, or can we, can, we I, can I can I can you do a partial payment for the for half or a quarter of this, and let's let's document this, you know, on the invoices and an in email to say, all right, you owe me ten thousand. You can't pay me ten, but you can pay me five, which means you can still owe me five. We're gonna re, we're gonna modify the contract so that realize so and it's documented that we both agree. You owe me 10, you're going to pay me five, you still owe me five, and it's documented so that, number one, you don't ruin that relationship, because I'm of the belief that some money is better than no money, and there's no sense to, and you're messing up the entire relationship, because if you're able to work with the customer, especially right now in the midst of COVID, if you can work with them while they're figuring out their cash flow, you you can plan on having repeat business. All based on how you handle it now, because here's the thing: at the end of the day, you're doing business with another person. Yes, I know it's the name of your company, whatever, but it's one person to another. And the, the the courtesy, the kindness, and what I consider old school respect that you show helps them. Because here's the thing: they didn't plan to not, they didn't plan to not pay you. They didn't expect to be stuck in not being able to make their payments either. But working with them, it's no different than when you call it from, okay, let's take it on the personal side. Let's say you have a credit card. A credit card that's due. Most of us have had one or, or one or, or one or many, and you've had to, you, you, The credit card company is constantly calling you. Hey, D. You know you owe me for this payment. You know what can you do? They have something that's called. Can you make the minimum payment? Why? Because they don't want to. They don't want to lose the relationship with you. They're willing to work with you to make the adjustment because they know that if they if they get, grant you grace right now while you are working through your challenges, you will eventually, unless things get catastrophic, you will eventually catch up your payments and get yourself back in good standing. Well, it's the same thing in business. This is, this is my personal belief. Everybody may be like, "Yeah, that's not true. Well, it's my story. That's <laughs> what I see and it's what I know to be true. I know that if you extend grace and if you, if you are willing to work with small businesses to do partial payments, it's no different than old school, Jackie. You and I grew up with, with Layaway. I know I did. I didn't. We didn't always have the money to make make all the payments. That's why you could go put something on layaway for five dollars. You get started, and they trusted you to come in every week or every two weeks, whenever you got paid to make your payments. Guess what? Because the relationship was important, you know, people didn't. You know, the stores didn't want didn't want you to renege on your your layaway because guess what? All that extra product was left over. Like, oh man, now I got to put this back on the shelf. Versus me working with you so you can continue making payments, so that you can eventually walk out the store with your product. Well, in the same way in business, I truly believe that if you learn how to do this, and I understand we're talking generally speaking, but you won't know whether this is an option or not, unless you ask for it. Number one, and then all depends on the relationship that you have with your customer. But I believe that if you demonstrate this, you can get some money and you won't, you won't necessarily be stuck. That's what I, all right. and that
0: works on both sides of the coin. Cause when we're talking about accounts receivable, the other side of that coin is accounts payable. Yep. And a business that has accounts payable that picks up the phone and reaches out to their supplier and says in advance, I'm cash flow challenged this month. Can we work something out? Mm-hmm. Saves everybody time, talent, treasure, the whole nine yards. It all works better. The first person who notices that there's a challenge, if that person picks up the phone, we prevent things from piling up and backing up. Exactly. And it sounds like you walked into a real pile of something with your first job. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I did. And it's, and it's true because it's, it's one of those things that a lot of people, when people hear the story about collection, they're like impressed. Oh my gosh, you did, you did $8 million. But it wasn't, it wasn't always like that. You know, there were times when I was first getting started in, in this whole collection space where it was like, nobody wanted to talk to me. They're like, stop calling me about these accounts. Like, okay. So my, my, my self-esteem was going, uh, you hired me to collect this money, but I'm, I'm having some challenges, but it was not until I realized that some of the customers that I was calling, they were having challenges. And that's when I learned, okay, how do I work with you to help solve this problem? And, 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 and then show, you know, courtesy and and empathy and respect and then doc and then Key point was to document what we discussed via email and say, okay, we have on this date we talked about this invoice. It was for this amount of money. Um, you can't make the full payment. You can't make this payment, and then we're going to follow up. And when I learned that, and then and then when I did the follow up, and they're like, oh, you worked with us, yeah, because the relationship was important. And I've you know I've been in collections, and I've I've been I've been an administrative person all of my career and all of my my life in general so a lot of people look at admin that's like man that's not really important but you know when you're when you're in business and you you need the administrative person to go research your problem and, and hope you get your cut your check you'll learn to have more respect for them because that person can help you get paid and it's a, a very important piece and I think a lot of people forget that because they're like oh they're not the salesperson well I deal with with companies and corporations and I know for a fact that the admin person is super important And how you treat them depends on how soon your check gets cut.
0: All right. Salespeople learn this because they don't call them admin people. They call them gatekeepers. (laughs) These are the people who can open or close a gate for a sales conversation. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the administrative side, to the executive side, my favorite sign is the one that says, do you want to talk to the boss? or the person who knows what's going on. Right. (laughs) I mean, if you want to get things done, rarely is that the boss. It's not the big picture person that gets things done. It's the big picture person that motivates and creates a vision to get the company moving. But they're not the ones doing the worker bee stuff most of the time, at least not at the level of six figures, seven figures. You know, and when you're getting up into multiple seven figures, if you wanna get something done, the person who answers the phone is your best friend, Mm -hmm. because they know who can get it done and who's just going to take your time.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Yeah, so important relationship piece. All right, so you have branched out from collecting for other people and you collect for some names that, you know, People might recognize, yeah. So, so you've branched out and gone oh, entrepreneurial. I have. Yeah. So tell us what made you choose an entrepreneurial path? Because let's face it, there is enough money that needs to be collected in big business that you did not have to choose an entrepreneurial path.
1: Well, you know, Jackie, what made me decide to choose it is this. I it's it's the story I told at the beginning of the show. I worked for a small company. I worked for a small business and. I realized that, you know, when, as you as you, as you go through life, you kind of, I, I think you have a, what I call the epiphanies and you're like, okay, I go to work for somebody. I'm building somebody else's dream or you're a dual which a lot of people are, which means you still have a day job and you, and you build a business, which is, which is me. And, and I also realized this, I want to make a difference, but I also want to make a dollar. And I learned that lesson from watching myself and a hundred people's lives be turned upside down two months before Christmas. We're in COVID, we're in the midst throes of COVID-19, whatever COVID-19, corona, virus, 2020. I I can't, I don't have I don't even have the the words to to talk to all of the small businesses that I know that are impacted. It's like I wish I could I wish I could do like a, a mess a massive mastermind of some sort to say, listen, bring your AR, let's talk about this and let's come up with a strategy on what you need to do so you can get some cash flow in because I don't wanna see small businesses lose because of this. I don't, you know, I mean, it pains me to know that there are some small businesses, number one, that have that already have cash on the books, but it's not in the bank because they were like, oh, I'll collect it later. Well, now you can't collect it or you may not be able to collect it because you're expecting that company to be there, they may be filing for bankruptcy. They might not be there. And unfortunately, because because people have this lazy attitude about collections, I'll get to it. It's like, no, no. If, if the coronavirus didn't teach us anything, it should have taught you that. Number one, when you provide your product or service, you need to invoice immediately and you need to be on the phone building that relationship to make sure you're getting paid as quickly as possible and solving. Whatever problems, if there are any that are coming up to, to delay your payments, because right now there's people, companies that are scrambling because they're like, oh, that problem. Yeah, they brought it to my attention two months ago, but I was like, ah, eh, I'll get to it. Well, now, now you can't, you just can't walk up to the office and go talk to somebody because most people are remote now and yep. now they're remote it's that's a different lifestyle because you can't just roll up and ask them. Can you, can I, can I talk to you for five minutes? Nope. I got to get a, get on. I got to schedule a zoom call. I got to find a what time of the day or night if you're, if, if you're international, it's like, what, what, what is it? It's eight o'clock here. It's two o'clock in the morning someplace else. I don't know about you, but I might be sleepy. <laughs> I might not be fully coherent to talk to you at two o'clock in the morning. It's like, no, I'm not doing that. But the point is, is that the, our, our world and how we do business has changed and if you're a small business i what i hope you're taking away from this taking away from this lesson is this your cash flow matters number one collections is definitely two things it's problem solving and it's customer it's an extension of customer service number three if you have outstanding a, uh, invoices that are over 30 days 60 days 90 days past due you have to get on the phone if you don't have somebody that does that then whoever works with you you need to empower them to get on the phone and start making those calls to find out what's the state of those accounts so you can figure out what potential cash flow can come in for this is we're now at the end of July. So you're looking hopefully to get cash flow for August and September. We're at you know, in, in less than two months, we'll be at the end of the third quarter of 2020.
0: I know we passed the halfway mark really, really quickly. Yeah. And so your sound has gotten a little bit quieter. And so you may have to just slow down a little bit so that we can catch every word that you said. Okay. But the reality of what you're talking about is when I'm going to reveal my age here just by saying that I understand trickle-down economics because that's the methodology that was used to explain the changes that were coming to our economy in this country several decades ago. Now what we're dealing with is a trickle it isn't going up, it isn't going down, it's just barely going. And so, the person who can manage their cash flow the best is going to be the one who comes out of the COVID cocoon more like a butterfly. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so this is a, and it's interesting because I, I love to read. And today I was reading out of one of the, I guess it's a classic now, it's called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Yeah. Harvey. Yes.
1: Great yeah. book. Great
0: book. And the value of understanding how to manage money in good times that then you have the habit when times are tight is one of those things you were just talking about. The lack of that is causing crisis where crisis might have been, we don't know, could have been, but might have been preventable. And so to start managing it now, is what you're inviting people to do. It's not about, oh, I didn't do it right, or woe is me. It is just about, look at where you are. So, what's the first place that they can look other than pick up your phone and make a phone call to somebody and make a friend? (laughs) That's really
1: what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. So, So, can you hear me? I can hear you. Perfect, okay, so first thing you can do is Okay, I'm old school. So, like Jackie, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go old school, but hopefully this will make sense. If you work for a company or corporation, they have something what's called an aging report, which basically is a list of all of your accounts. So I'm gonna teach you old school, same way you can do it for the small business owner. You should have, if you don't have it, you can set this up tonight. It's easy. Excel, column number one, the name of your customer, whoever your customer is. Column number two. If you have a contract number or an agreement number, what's the contract number or agreement number? Put in column number two. Column number three. What's the value? What's the, how much is the contract for?
0: So well, is that the outstanding value
1: or the total value? Total value of the contract, whatever it's worth. So you. So Got column it. number one is the name of your customer. Column number two, if if they have a contract or or purchase order number, mm-hmm. what is that? Column number three, what's the the total total amount of the contract? How much did they? The total amount of the contract is mm-hmm. worth. whatever it is, that's in three. Four, what did they buy from you? Why do you care? Well, because you need to know this. So, because if you had 10 sneakers and you only sold them, because only delivered eight, you still owe them two. Uh, What did they buy from you? If they bought 10 sneakers, you say 10 sneakers at whatever it costs. Column number six, when were you supposed, when are you supposed to deliver that to them? When Mm -hmm. does it do? Column number seven, when did you invoice them? And then column number eight, when were you supposed to get paid? And if you have a salesperson, column number nine would be his or her name at the end of that long row. But here's the thing, whether you do this Excel, you do it on a whiteboard, you do the post-it note, the post, the big post-it sheets, or as I say with the kids, if you have a phone, there probably is an app that can do this as well. It doesn't matter. The point is, is to lay it out so you can know what's the state of your accounts. Because before you get on the phone, and you start making these calls, you need to know, okay, well, did I deliver everything according to all of my customers, whether it's one customer or many, did you deliver everything to them? And if you owe them things, then before you start asking them for all the money, go fix what's owed. So that when you make the call, you can get, you can get your past money and your current money. And, and you address it carefully in, in one call. But you need to always know what's going on with your accounts. In business, they talk about a call an an aging report. And it basically tells you, Co- accounts that are that are currently due zero to 30 31 to 60 61 to 90 and beyond mm-hmm. i have I, my my swim lane has been 60 and beyond that's where the, the collecting all those old accounts that's been that's been where i have excelled but if you're a small business you may not have 60 days past due okay that's, that's great good it's great and I, I listen if you don't have 60 days past due yeah let's let's, let's clap it up. i was going to say
0: we can celebrate this all right yeah. Yeah. Because you don't have to fix a problem that you don't have. Exactly. Just look at what you're doing that's working well and do more of that. You're good. But when you have something that's 60 days, 90 days, you know, anything that's you know, out off the spreadsheet, yo, know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's often out of mind because it's uncomfortable to find out what's true for other people. And so I know that it's uncomfortable. It's how I ended up having to create a program for people to become better advocates for themselves. It's because it's uncomfortable to speak up.
1: Yeah.
0: And so they have three choices. What are the, there's always three. You might come up with four. What are the three or four choices that someone has if they've got accounts receivable on the books that are 60 days or more old? Now we kind of gave them the first one which is you could personally fill out your spreadsheet, make sure you've delivered what you said you're gonna deliver and pick up the phone and call. So that would be step one. What's another thing they could do?
1: Number two, double check to make sure that you haven't already been paid and you just missed it.
0: Ooh. All right, so before you pick up the phone, double check.
1: Because, because now some people might say, well, as a small business owner, I would always know whether I got paid or not. That's true. But we are humans and we make mistakes. And that's why if you, if you have everything laid out and you check it, when it comes in, you'll know. And if, if, if by chance the payment has come in and you forgot to credit it or or debit, you know, credit it to your account, you need to know that so that you don't get on the phone and then you have the customer say, well, I, I already paid you. Then you're like, Ooh. I got egg on my face, because then you're like, you don't know what's going on with your money. So So
0: let's get clear. One of the ways that you can find out whether you have any payments that are not correctly attributed to the customer who gave the money to you would be to do something really, and you've been using this word old school, and I'm gonna tease you about it because of the number of times you've said it, but I'm gonna use it here and say people could do something that I don't even know that they teach anymore. It's called balance your checkbook. Yeah. I mean, talk about a skill set that's a life skill, whether you're at home or in, in corporate. Balance your checkbook, manage your money notice where it is and where it belongs. And if it's there or not, you know, it's sort of like that old thing they used to say, you know, it's nine o'clock, you know, where your children are, (laughs) you know, know where your money is. And and Yeah. It's really just that simple. All right. So double check everything, pick up the phone and call. Now I'm going to say the third thing, and you haven't said it, but it is as obvious to me as an elephant in the room. Outsource it. Get someone who can pay attention consistently because if you're a small business owner, your attention is, how can we say, um, divided. That's a polite way of saying scattered. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And yes. And so, yes, if you, if you're a small business and, 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 and man, and if you're at to the point where you have, you know, the four or five different departments and collections, you know, the back office is not, is, is just not your thing Yeah, Like Jackie said, outsource it. But even if you, even if, but here's the thing, even if you outsource it, you still need to know what's going on. You should have, your person or persons should be submitting a report to you so you can still see the layout of the land. So you know what's happening across those buckets. And here's the other thing, if you, uh, I'll say this, if you call your customer and they say, you know what, we didn't, for some odd reason, we didn't get the invoice, really simple resubmit it (laughs) and put an r at the end for revised or an a for or just something to distinguish it so it's so they know it's not the original invoice you need to let them know there's a duplicate you can even school you could you could stamp it duplicate and then scan it to them but the point is is that if there's a if 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 in the midst of this you know electronic world the invoice didn't come in it got sent to the wrong department we used to joke a lot, joke a lot of times saying the dog, cat, or squirrel ate it. I don't know, don't really care. But the point is, is that something happened. It happens. You have people that do data entry all day. I, my career started off with doing data entry. So we used to call it these fat finger mistakes. Do you know what it takes if you don't make, if you don't fix a data entry error on the front end, when you're going through and you've got a large contract or a small contract, if you don't fix it on the front end, it becomes an administrative on the nightmare on the back end.
0: Oh, yeah. We That's have a really name important. for that. Well, it's called Jigo, Yo, garbage in, garbage out.
1: Exactly. Well, and that's, that's, that's another part of, of, of tracking everything because, yes, you're like, oh, that's so tedious. Well, here's the thing. It wasn't tedious for you to do the sales proposal. It wasn't tedious for you to do the sales presentation. It wasn't tedious for you to do the presentations. You actually get the contract so you can provide the service or the product. So the tedious parts that you say are tedious, it's not tedious. It's part of business. These are all the parts we're talking about. The lane I talk about happens to be with cash, happens to be with collections, because I know that the sale is not complete until the money's in the bank. And all the pieces that make up the sale include the sale, the contract, the order,
0: delivery. All right, all right. So we're going we're going to make it easy on them. You've yep. got a gift for them, and and I want you to tell them let's un, let's unwrap their present because okay. they they need the help when they need a gift. We got to give them something happy here because you've laid out a process that if people knew in advance, they would, you know, if we know better, we do better. So what do you got to help them know better and do better?
1: Oh, absolutely. I thank you, Jackie, for that. Okay. So my, my free gift is, a, is a, it's an ebook. It's actually called Collect the Cash. It's five steps to, to collect your money. It's basically a simple book, a simple ebook that lays out what you need to do. Step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. You can get it at www.collectthecash.biz. That's www.collectthecash.biz. There's a link for, uh, I'm sorry for the, the free ebook. It's called Collect the Cash. It's a free ebook.
0: All right. So we have a little wonky signal. So I'm just gonna say, everybody, you can look in the show notes, look in the description. The link is gonna be there for you. So just in case you couldn't translate that with you. Know, Every now and then we get these wonky things that come through. So don't worry. It's in the show notes. We got you covered. Now you said something earlier that I'm going to just bring up because you said you wanted something. And anytime somebody says they want something, my ears pick up. You said you want to have a mastermind. You want to just bring all these small businesses together. Tell them, bring your accounts receivable. Let's solve puzzles together. So you're thinking about doing a mastermind and I'm just going to invite people when you've got the ebook and you're going through it. If a mastermind is on your mind, then let Dee know so that she knows there's enough interest to actually take the time to pull something like that together. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we'll be, and you'll be hearing more from her. I mean, this is the world according to Dee Bowden tonight. (laughs) And you're listening to the world according to Jackie Simmons. And from this point on, you know, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on the YouTube and you can subscribe to that channel and get more of these kinds of business tips. There's just a sweet spot for where the cash flow matters more. And it's in the hallmark of the bedrock of our country, which is small business. So Dee, I just wanna say thank you for taking and turning your attention to small business, helping them with the decisions about their business that actually make a difference. And so wonderful that your camera decided to come back. I appreciate that. I was worried there for a second. All right. So, Dee, again, thank you for inviting us into your world. Absolutely. Thank you. you. And I'm going to hold you here for one minute because I said I'm going to ask you what was the best thing that ever happened to you today. So tell us. What was the best thing that happened to you today?
1: Well, I had two best things that happened to me today. Number one, being a guest on your show. So first of all, seriously, thank you so much for that because that was actually awesome. Love the blue, love the energy, love being able to talk about this and, and get this out to the world. That was, that was the number one best thing that happened. Number two, I actually graduated today from, so made, from a program actually called Power at the Podium who's, who's hosted by Quinn Conyers. And so it was like on a, on a uh, platform called Speak Black Women. And- uh, Power
0: all- at the uh, podium. podium.
1: Yeah. Okay. All and right. it's by who? By, I'm sorry. It was Power at the Podium by Quinn Conyers. And we had nine, nine of us gave our signature, our debut signature talk. Woohoo! Yes, woo-hoo! Where's my little clapper? Wait a minute, let me do it this way. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> From one speaker to another. That is such a major accomplishment, Dee. Thank
1: you. Yeah,
0: you know, it, it just really, really is. What is the title of your signature talk? It was
1: debuted. Today debuted, collect the cash.
0: Oh, gee. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> All right. You know, it's it's good when your hobby is the same as your livelihood. As far as I'm concerned, that's the way life is supposed to work. Absolutely. So, All right. For everyone, thank you for watching. For Dee, thank you for your time and for your expertise and for your gift for everyone that they can go and collect the cash with a checklist and a little more help with that ebook. And until the next time, thank you all for being part of the world according to Jackie. Make it a great day in your world. Remember, the choice is yours.